Blog Talk Radio. Superhighway Live. It's our February 2013 show. I, of course, almost just said 2012. I'm sure you're all going through that, but for me, I don't know. I've, I'm still having trouble getting over the fact that 1986 ended. You know, I really finally got past saying 1986 about two years ago, but I still think about it a lot. So the fact that it's only February and I managed to say 2013 there is really quite cool. You should congratulate me. I assume that's what you're doing right now. So thank you. Thank you for that. So uh, this is Poetry Superhighway Live. My name is Rick Lupert. I'm the MC of the show and the, uh, oh, I don't know, the CEO of the Poetry Superhighway website. Um, it's our monthly Call in open reading, and you, personally, are invited to call in and read your poetry. The number to call in is 646-716-7362. Remember back when it was a big deal to call an area code that wasn't yours, and there was a great concern about whether or not that was going to cost too much money and that kind of thing? And these days, it really just doesn't matter. For the most part, I mean, even even on a cell phone where it doesn't matter. Here we have you know unlimited weekend minutes. So even if it mattered tomorrow, it just it doesn't matter right now. I'm just feeling a little bit nostalgic for when uh, calling phone numbers costed costed <laughs> money. Anyway, uh, do call in. The number is six four six seven one six seven three six two. We have no content or style restrictions. Here on the Poetry Superhighway Live Open Reading, and I would be thrilled to hear your poem. It's also a great opportunity for you to not only to read your poem, but to share what's going on in your poetry world. You could talk about your website. You could talk about a new book that you have out, a new poem that you got published somewhere. Maybe there's a reading that you run in a particular town. I love it when people from different towns call in and have the chance to tell us what's happening in their local community. It's great because it just realize it helps me realize that I'm part of really a much bigger local poetry community uh, in a more global sense. And on top of which, there's always the chance that there's someone else from your town listening in who had no idea that there were poetry readings going on anywhere. And so they might just be calling in to read a poem and then find out, oh my gosh, I'm I'm from the town that that guy who's reading a poem right now or telling us about a reading right now is from. I could go to that reading someday. It's a cool thing. It helps you develop colleagues in poetry uh, on Poetry Superhighway, on the Internet, and in your local communities. Do call in and uh, read your poem and tell us about what's going on in your poetry community. As you may know, if you're a follower of Poetry Superhighway things, as February has launched, uh, so has the 12th Annual Great Poetry Exchange. Uh, 
Now, this started at uh, midnight Pacific time on February 1st. And the way that this works, basically, the idea is you're going to promise to send the book to someone, a book of your poetry, or a book that you edited or, or are in. And in exchange, you will receive a book of poetry in the mail from someone else who's participating. That's it. It doesn't cost any money. Uh, it's not a contest. Uh, there are no judges. It's just a matter of you deciding that you want someone else in the world to get your book and then uh, further you will uh, get a book in return. Um, so the way it works is you go to the Poetry Superhighway website. It's poetrysuperhighway.com and uh, click on the Great Poetry Exchange. All the details are there. Um, some of those details are things such as you will agree uh, that your book has to be a physical entity. This isn't for e-books. We do have an e-book project later on in the year, but this is exclusively for uh, for physical books. Uh, you will promise that uh, you will mail your book to someone else in the world who I will specifically uh, assign you to randomly, another participant of the Great Poetry Exchange. You have to agree that uh, you might end up sending your book to another country because the project is open to everyone in the world. Uh, which, of course, means that it might cost you more in postage. And uh, you have to also agree to send out the book within two weeks of being notified who to send it to, which uh, you'll be notified roughly uh, on March 1st. And finally, and this is super important, important thank you, uh, you have to agree to notify me via email that you have sent the book out. That's really important. A number of people forget to do that. And then I have no way of knowing that the book has been sent. And then I start sending super annoying follow-up emails. You know, they start out kind of nice, like, just wondering if maybe you had sent your book and maybe forgot to tell me. And they gradually get into, uh, well, they're just not as pleasant as they go on. So that's the great poetry exchange. You send a book, someone will send you a book. That's happening right now. You can sign up on uh, the Poetry Superhighway website, poetrysuperhighway.com, slash PSH, click on Great Poetry Exchange. Already, since we uh, launched this project a couple of days ago, we have, uh, gosh, how many did I say? I posted this in uh, the newsletter. Uh, let me just check this up so I uh, can give you an accurate answer. Yes, as of yesterday's newsletter, 18 people have signed up, and that was just in roughly 24 hours since launch. And uh, since then, um, four or five more have signed up who I haven't had the chance to add to the uh, list. That's another cool thing. Right now, you can go to this the Great Poetry Exchange page, and you can see the list of all 18 of those books, which... Uh, you know which people have, have uh, pledged to send. You can see the titles, you can see the description, the author name, and a website address as well. So that's another cool thing. If if you sign up for the Great Poetry Exchange, uh, you will have this listing of your book on the website and your website uh, listing. Uh, if you have a website, which will uh, you know not only be there for the duration of this project, but which will stay up there the entire year until it's cleared out for next year's project. So there you go. That's it. That's the Great Poetry Exchange. Happening right now. 
sign up. Last year, uh, almost 80 people signed up. Uh, so let's let's make that more this year. All right. Again, let's get to our uh, open reading. The number again to call in is 646-716-7362. Call in, won't you? I insist. I insist. Our first caller is Robbie. Hi, Robbie. Hi there. How are you? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, just just uh, before I start, just to let you know, uh, I asked someone else in the chat, you're coming in a little wavy right now, a little choppy. Uh, maybe you could, like, I don't know, look at that afterwards uh, during a break or whatever. But uh, anyways, uh, I'm going to read something here called The Chemistry of Your Love. And this is a poem, uh, part of a little series that I did. I'm going to have to do more. I did one as a challenge to myself uh, based on physics terms, and this one's based on chemistry terms. Uh, like using those, that terminology to to try to write like a love poem, just as a because you know a unique challenge. So this is the result of the chemistry one, and it's the chemistry of your love. The color of the chemistry of your love it reveals itself to me in the coalescing covalence of our loving bonds, grown red with the red sunset that bristles with the ozone of our love's mist. The color of the chemistry of your love it is a shade of the blazing blues of our love's ferocity. Our love no longer polar, but positively ionic, transcending the stratosphere, the idea of mere atmosphere that can't contain the love of we. The color of the chemistry of your love, it empurples itself as an excited paramagnetism, an enrapture of sensual syllogism that submerges in the sunset of a discourse, a catalyst of our catalytic concourses, that field of magnetic chemistry that enwraps itself upon our earth. The color of your chemistry it encompasses the colors we all know and beyond, an infrared of inflamed love's eruptions, ultraviolets of altruistic seductions, as we participate in the mystery particulate of our passions, arousing us to love's engrossing green, that green that galvanizes the force of us, this force that is the all-encompassing power of our love's color. Of chemistry, and that is the chemistry of your love. <laughs> oh, cool! Um, I love the word "impulses." Mm-hmm. Uh, very. Is that? I mean, I, it's. I've never heard that. Does that actually mean it causes something to become purple? Um, that I remember that. That's one of those words that I. I've only used it once or twice, and I can't quite remember. If it's something that it was a little bit of creative license uh, with with me with a word, or if it's just, uh, or if it's just um, you know a very uh, obscure word, but <laughs> sometimes I take I kind of uh, take a bit of uh, a poetic license with a word and kind of twist it around for my own meaning. <laughs> Is it? But right? in that. Yeah. <laughs> Did I have the meaning right, basically, as you had intended? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Where Where are you calling from, by the way? Uh, I'm calling from Ontario, Canada. Oh, nice. Yep. My uh, last book of poetry was written in uh, Ontario, Canada, specifically in Toronto and Niagara Falls. Uh, where Where in Ontario? 
Uh, I'm in Thunder Bay. <laughs> I don't know where Thunder Bay is. I'm, I'm now... <laughs> not many people do. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of out of the way. Uh, it's it's um, oh how do I I'm not too sure right now where I could describe where it is, but but it's kind of yeah it's one of those out of the way sort of cities. <laughs> we have it's it's it has its own like a substantial population like we have a hundred thousand so around a hundred thousand so we're not like a small city per se but uh we're but we're still relative to a lot of other places where not uh you know you have to go out a lot you have to travel a lot to get to anywhere else from thunder bay (laughs) i get it so it's not near per se one of the larger better known canadian cities no 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 (laughs) correct Uh, not against you know a, a city that's in its own place uh, that mm-hmm. has itself as a reference. Um, does it have a, a poetry community to speak of? Do you do poetry things off off of the internet in Thunderbird? Oh yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's a um, one uh, group called the Artery. They do uh, they do their own uh, publications. They do release party. Uh, it's from it's a university publication of pose and pro and poetry, and they do uh, a release party every once in a while, and they have the open mics with that. Uh, and there's regular open mic at the university also for most of the year on Wednesdays. And there's there should be another one coming up. I'm not too sure what day it's going to be, but I'm really looking forward to that because uh, an uh, an old friend of mine is going to be coming back to that, and uh, a new friend of mine he's going to be running the place that has that. So. Uh, that's going to be. I'm looking forward to that as well. Well, that's great. You know, it's um, it's it's good to know that you could go just about anywhere in the world, including Thunder Bay, Ontario, mm-hmm. and and find uh, some you know uh, some poetry to interact with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I I was saying to people. I've said to my friends that uh, I do prefer it live. I, I it's it's great to to you know do do online, but. Uh, generally, what what I like about it doing it live is that I can see the people's reactions, you know, on their faces and and all of that. I, I like that 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 visceral, real feel of it. So, but it's nice to have both options. It is nice, um, and I I encourage people for exactly the reasons that you just stated to participate in live readings because you you. Um, uh, that reaction is is uh, I, I guess unspoken feedback that you wouldn't have. Otherwise, you know, I mean, you can you can write poetry, but if you don't share it in some way, if you don't, you know, and and, and the best, most honest way I think is to is to get in front of an audience and read it because huh. there will be a reaction of some kind, and it's oh, yeah. it's, it's valuable feedback. On top of which, and I'm sure I've said this ad nauseum on this show, but you um, you know, you discover your your poetry in a new way by having to read it out loud. The way that you or you know you find yourself intonating it the way that the line breaks work and that work line breaks work and that kind of thing and it's it's almost uh, you're almost forced to it, you're almost reading it with an editor's eye to some extent when, when you do that. Well, I, I find that very true, yeah. Uh, because I, like one thing I noticed distinctly is as I started uh, going to open live open mics more and more and reading it live. Uh, well, to a certain extent, this it, this applies online because you're reading it out loud. But especially live, uh, I found that my writing was evolving, where it became a little more rhythmic and a little more, uh, yeah, a little more towards that style. Because because when you know that you're reading it live, I think subconsciously at least, you know, you're trying to make it 
uh, you're trying to write it so that it sounds good that way. I, I found my poetry changing a little bit that way, had a more of a, a bit more of a spoken word cadence. So, yeah. Right. Do you think that that has any effect um, if you're kind of writing for spoken word on how people read your work um, who don't have the opportunity to hear it loud? If you're submitting to a publication that has no idea who you are, haven't hasn't heard your read or anything of that nature. Uh, I think I think perhaps it can. Um, if anything, there's there's different cultures around paper poetry, what they would call paper poetry, and what they would call spoken word poetry as well. So that 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 in and of itself would play into it, and um, yeah, the, the dynamics are the dynamics are different because because of the nature of you know going going to a store and buying a book and reading it is a lot uh, different experience than going to a, a spoken word venue and listening to it. And of course, not one isn't better or worse than the other it's just it's just different but i would say they're definitely both different and distinct experiences true i just you know wonder you know something might work really well spoken out loud and fall flat on the page or vice versa and there's certainly i mean you put it very um diplomatically i mean there, there's certainly you know arguments or, or or let's say conversation that goes on about whether you know certain spoken word pieces are actually poetry or not, you know, that kind of things. But that's why, you know, I, I I struggle with it because I do pretty well at readings and then sometimes getting stuff in print, but not not always, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, so I, I just wonder, um, I, I'm, I'm struggling to determine if there are actually two different art forms, you know, um, that are that are related, obviously, because they're they're words, and sometimes there's some crossover. But uh, you know, it, it, can a piece be a legitimately great spoken out loud poem, but not necessarily a great, as you say, paper poem? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's well, it, to me, it's it's the same form in different manifestations, and uh, it was kind of curious that someone on BTR hostess she had she had said that specifically about my work. She says, well. Uh, she says Robbie's work is poetry. It's work that can be listened to very well, but also read very well. And I, I don't know what it is that, if that's true, I don't know what it is about my writing that that's the case. But although I think maybe if you're a musician like I am, I think that helps because you have a naturally good sense of rhythm and cadence and that. And uh, I've had that commented too that my my writing has that sense of rhythm to it. And when you're a musician, you naturally, you I find you naturally write for a sense of rhythm. Like there's been a lot of times where I I read something out loud to myself and I said, wait a minute, that that syllable sounds too short, or you know that this sentence sounds too short compared to the other one, and I I, I mix things around a little bit so that it sounds more stream, you know, uh, not streamlined, but uh, it sounds uh, aesthetically pleasing. Right. Well, Robbie, thanks for having this conversation with me and for opening up the show. Do, do you have a website or anything people can check out if they want to hear more from you? Well, uh, the majority of my work is at Creative Thinkers International. That's creativethinkersintl.ning.com. Uh, I can also be found at wordmachinist.com with my darker works, and I'm posting there more often these days and commenting. And then I can be found at YouTube under Musical Roberto. Uh, I have a video there. And also, if you put in Robbie Baby, Common Marionette, you'll see a video that 
someone produced of my poetry. And uh, I just got a feature at Awesome Magazine. If you Google Awesome Magazine, you'll see it. And uh, it's a, uh, a seven-page spread at the at the end of the magazine. It's an online magazine. But uh, just uh, so everybody knows, uh, there's uh, it is uh, a magazine with uh, some adult and explicit content. So just, you know, if you decide to go... F- goes through the article, then you just uh, you know that, and you're not taken by surprise. Sounds good. Thanks for the warning. And do me a favor, post some of those links in the chat room. I know that you're in there, so that way um, huh? anyone in there can just click click over, and it's easier for them. Thanks again for uh, for calling in, uh, Robbie. Good to good to hear your your voice and to have this talk. Thanks. All right, that was uh, Robbie calling uh, from Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. He was a little secretive about where. Thunder Bay actually is. Maybe it's a code name for another city. And uh, you know, I understand. It's you know, it's it doesn't know me that well. I might just show up there, and 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 you know, I usually don't tell people right away that I live in Van Nuys. I, I you know, I say I live in Van Nuys. You know, just to throw them off a bit. You know, before, until then I get to know them a little bit better. And, and it it uh, well, you get the idea. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, call in the number. Is six four six seven one six seven three six two, or you can like Robbie did. You could Skype him, and you can actually put your name in there, and it doesn't cost you anything. I think. Of course, you have to have a good internet connection and a microphone that works. Otherwise, um, it'll just all go to hell. Uh, but then I had the benefit of being able to see your name in the uh, switchboard here and introduce you by name, as opposed to having to say your area code, which uh, is, you know, kind of dehumanizing, isn't it? For example, let's try it. Uh, our next caller is from the 626 area code. Hi. Hello? Hello. Hey, Rick? Yeah. I can't tell what what's going on. There's a wobble. I don't know if it's in my phone or my speakers or what, so things are jumping in and out. How are you doing? This is Joey, Rick, Joey Alkis. Hey, how you doing? Good. Doing good. But I hope you can hear me. I, my phone setup is probably awful, but um, these cordlesses, I don't know if I don't know if they make them for use, really. Um, I, you know, I'm calling in because I think, you know, and I saw, I loved your your uh, your video, your YouTube video of those two poems in in Men in the Company of Women that just came out this week. So I guess I'm calling in uh, to further promote that book. Great. Um, I I probably could put the links on the chat room, but uh, you know I wanted to mention everybody and whoever's li- listening in around the country that um, uh, if they just I guess type in men in the company of women uh, in Amazon, it would come up. Just released on Wednesday, and they can get a a, a copy. I'm going to read a poem um, that I have in the book, if I can. Please do. Okay. Now let me try this because. As you know, I, one of the things with me is is that I've had years of now of of a stage fright, which I've written a really interesting short story on. But uh, this is called Crowbar Kisses, and, it, and, and it's um, on I believe it's on page 207 of Men in the Company of Women. Uh, that's the uh, new uh, Edgar and Lenore Lenore's publishing house um, uh, anthology of men writing about women. Um, their first uh, their first um, book. Uh, uh, women, the the woman's version of this volume was a huge success, and we are working at the men's. Anyway, this is Crowbar Kisses. 
There is a suction in the touch, the reach, the rush. Whichever of the two of us would dare come out first. Questions asked elapse unaccountably pass through the telltale heart. Law of kings, rule of thieves, the wild call of the kettle drum beats with sideward glances and crowbar kisses. Seemingly here where I know nothing of these lives in my sight, like a burglar I break into into my sea of change, left with nothing to do but to be here with you. Time, love, life, things meant to be answers. Somewhere in the everything of each of us, I see with an eye that is one in the storm of such, where the depth of primeval forest dark is seductive, inspired, and created by some mad god at play in the machinery of life. Law of kings, rule of thieves, the wild call of the kettle drum beats, with sideward glances and crowbar kisses. Growl of mourning, the city yawning. Truth is, I have no idea how to emerge with trust. Then I see her smile in this storm of rage, clash and chase for green paper, power, gold. In these streets I drop from exhaustion, clumsy as an exposed lie. But her, down to the bottom, down to the bottom, the dead raise history to an art. Right or wrong, she is reborn with wings for feet. I do not know the sparrow soul, nor have I walked the lion's realm. I only know the poet and the conman, both of whom I know so very well. I cannot help myself. I give in to the flesh. So much treasure to uncover, to tempt, to trespass, or to test. Law of kings, rule of thieves, the wild call of the kettle drum beats with sideward glances and crowbar kisses. Thank you. Very nice, Joey. Thanks for uh, thanks for bringing that book up uh, on uh, on the show, and uh, and congratulations to you for having uh, worked in it as well. Yeah, you too, man. Those guys are like little stars, you know. Hello. Those guys. Yeah, Alicia, April, and Alicia. They they've got star power, you know. They 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 are. Um, I don't know. They they. Uh, there's so many great poets and so many different uh, growing. Uh, 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 yours was the first I knew of uh, poet, poetry superhighway, but um, the the online world and the reading world of poetry is growing so fast. But what I like about these ladies is that they make it look sexy. It's sort of like the music business, which I also come. The gentleman before said he's a musician, and I also come from that industry and. And uh, star power matters, you know. And both of them, I, I, you know, seem to be able to drive people uh, and to uh, sell the book and to make it all seem very glamorous. Don't you think? Uh, I, you know, I, um, I didn't get that sense exactly from them, though I certainly appreciate the, the, the work that they're doing. Um, uh, I, but what you're describing reminds me exactly of kind of the whole premise of Right Bloody Press. Um, the idea that, that poets and poetry readings should be sought after in the same way that music events are sought after. You know? And, and it, you know, their roster of poets and books, which is just top-notch and stellar, is really achieving that status. So, um, And it's a really great and interesting direction for poetry and spoken word to go in. There are press that uniquely, as you may know, requires all of their authors to tour. You know, before they publish a book, before they sign a contract, you have to agree that you will do, you know, a certain number of readings a year to promote your book because they firmly believe. Oh, I didn't know that, but that's great. 
firmly believe in this kind of connection between the live presentation of of poetry and spoken word, uh, you know, as a as a key element to the success of of the book, and as you as an artist, in the in the exact same way that um, you know musicians tour and and promote you know, to promote their recordings, you know. Well, you know, Rick, many of the musicians, for instance, the singer-songwriters, guys like a Peter Case or, or, you know, all those guys, Steve Wynn, those guys, that's how they see their lives. Um, they see themselves as poets with a guitar. So, and when they tour and they do, play, you know, the small coffee houses and all that or the little theaters, they're actually singing their poetry versus reading it. I mean, I believe most troubadours, I think historically that is what troubadours thought of themselves. They were accompanying their words with their with their instrument, but it was the words. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that makes a lot of sense. Leonard Cohen, you know, leaps to mind as, as the, one of the premier guys who does exactly what you're describing, um, and, and so many others, Tom Waits. Uh, yeah, exactly, Tom, all those guys. I mean, it goes back, it's historical, actually. I mean, even even the Seegers and those guys, I mean, in a sense, yeah, they played the music and sang songs, but they didn't see it as music industry songs. They saw it as a way to, to reach people with their with their words. Right. You know, with their expressions. And, and That gentleman before was very, uh, sounded, I don't know anything about why people don't say where they're from or not. I don't understand that. But, but um, he sounded very knowledgeable about uh, his, his craft, you know. That was uh, appreciated by me. It's always curious to see how other people come to stuff, you know. Uh, I, I am not a prolific writer on that level. I'm, my stuff is like sculpture, stone sculpture. I keep hacking away at it. <laughs> That's why I put it on record a lot of times because of my music side. But but uh, I really love when you get the poets who um, actually not only discuss themselves so much, but their craft. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean, and that's sort of one of the purposes of the show—not just to, to shoot out a poem, but for to people to be exposed to as many different styles of poetry and poets, as well as as well as the different people's thoughts on how to go about doing it. You know, that's kind of the mission of the Poetry Superhighway. I know Robbie is listening right now, and he typed thanks into the chat room, so I know I appreciate your comments right there. In terms of where people are uh, calling from, I always make a point of asking because it's always interesting to me to to figure out you know the reach of the show, etc. So you're oh, for sure. Sure, my, our, my reach right now is I'm up the block from you. This is Altadena, California, and anybody can know where I am. Right. <laughs> I believe in tra- I, just like I, in politics. With- I believe in transparency. I believe uh, obviously there are some very strange people out there, but uh, and online we all know that. But um, I really believe in transparency. I really believe if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to hide. True. Well, um, Joey, thanks so much for calling in. Great talking with you today. I hope you do so. And thank you for your support. All right. That was uh, Joey um, Elkis calling from Altadena, California, sort of just up the street. You have to kind of get on the freeway and then get on another freeway. But it's, you know, relative to, say, Canada, it's definitely up the street. I could be there in 20 minutes, you know, not that Joey invited, but, you know. All right. He was uh, speaking, by the way. I did post the link in the chat room uh, if you want to scroll back and see it um, about the book Men in the Company of Women, new on uh, Edgar and Lenore's uh, publishing house, published by uh, uh, April Skies and Alicia Winsky, the follow-up to their uh, their their uh, successful anthology in the Company of Women. And uh, Joey's got uh, some work in there, and I was lucky enough to have uh, four pieces in there. I definitely encourage checking it out. Um, these are four pieces that I 
uh, wrote for my wife, uh, who is the uh, chief woman in my life, who I am in the company of. Um, and if you go to my website, uh, PoetrySuperHighway.com, as a matter of fact, uh, right on the top, uh, on the top item there on the page is, is a video of me reading a couple of the poems that I have in there. Not all of them, because of course I, I wanted to, you know, that just to be a tease, so you could uh, check out the book and and help it be a successful project. So check it out. There's many, many great people in it, and uh, it's a, it's a great month anthology that just came out uh, this past week. So there you go. That's men in the company. Of women. The link, if if the, you don't want to scroll back, you're not in the chat room, is also to to the book. Is uh, just click on the title of the book on my front page there, and you will see it. All right. Uh, the number to call in is six four six seven one six seven three six two. Our next caller is from the three one zero area code. Hello. Hello. Huh. Rick. This is Rick. Well, hi, Rick. It's Marie Lecrevain. How are you? How are you? This is great. I can, I can hear the conversation in the background on the delay, thus proving to me that this is actually happening. <laughs> well, I'm getting a weird kind of choppiness on my phone and also on the uh, the video or the audio feed. I don't know if it's me or what. Anyway, uh People are it's, it's actually I'm speaking. Oh, I don't know. I've been known to short out elect, elect, electrical things. That's how I was able to get out of that high security prison. Let, no, I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to talk about that. Ha ha ha. <laughs> anyway, congratulations on the debut of the Men in the Company of Women. That's an excellent anthology. And the gentleman before, what was his name? I didn't quite catch it. Uh, the, the guy who I just spoke with was Joey Alcus from Altadena. Yes, I like his poem very much. I am on your computer because we can hear the, the delay of the show coming through. Uh, so while you're on the call, could you, you turn the volume of the computer down? How's that? Much better. Thank you. Okay. Anyway, I called in because I'd like to read a poem, if I may. You, of course, may. That's what it's all about. Oh. Well, thank you very much. It's uh, one I wrote yesterday. I don't usually put poems out within 24 hours of writing, but it's called 21st Century Enochian Dance Party. I was working on pieces for a publication that's all about the surrealism and the Dada-esque of our lives. In the next room, the magicians open doors of perception with chord progressions and minor keys tuned to seraphic ears. The humanoid in me recoils as the walls start to flake, Snowdrifts of asbestos and denial cover my scattered volumes of Crowley and Sedaris and D, while the radio whines in protest, and the manipulative dulcet voices of a pledge driver drowned out as the seraphim politely knock on the wall, which registers at 8.9 in the heart chakra scale of everyone within a five-mile radius. I open an umbrella over my head to keep the ash out of my eyes, my wig, my alligator, shaped Kate Spade bag that cost me half a month's rent, while the wall between myself and the magicians and the seraphim crumbles to dust. The legion of seraphim fly outward, swords set to sever the heads of couch potato-bound Super Bowl fans, the umbilici between conspirators and the Internet, and to inspire the once-fallen warriors of the Occupy movement to pick up their bodies off the ground and sound a rallying cry for revolution. 
Covered to my neck in 20th century dross, I fall asleep to the white noise of a Facebook news feed while the seraphim organize the ranks for latte breaks at Starbucks. Very nice. I'm glad that you were uh, brave enough to uh, put that poem out into the world just, to, just the day after it was born. Well, it needs some work, but I figured what the hell. <laughs> oh, and I wanted to plug your uh, great poetry exchange. I saw the list of poets who are exchanging a book for another book. It looks like you've got a good list going. I, I myself put in a copy of Alternate Lanes. So okay. some lucky some lucky day or girl's going to be getting that in the next few weeks. It's really cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, I just saw that you uh, you submitted that form uh, uh, just uh, just an hour ago. Okay, I don't have it on online yet, but that's great. I'm sure people will, uh, will dig. Uh, whoever gets that will be lucky to have it. Well, I think it's really cool that you do that. I've, you know, I've done that in past years. I've gotten books from. I got a book last year from a gentleman in Montana. It was cowboy poetry, which is not something I'm real familiar with, but I really enjoyed it. It was some of it was cowboy sonnets. You know, I've sent books of mine to Israel. I've sent books of mine down the street. Like the gentleman who said he was just down the street from you, I think, like in the six two six area. So you never know where your work's going to end up, and that's part of the fun of it. So thanks for doing that. I know, you know, it's kind of a risk too. I mean, the, the, you kind of you kind of have to look at it. Um, the, the the main benefit being that someone else is going to get your poetry, and maybe the secondary benefit is that you're going to get someone's poetry that you may or may not like. You know, um, I mean, I, I've had people actually complain um, uh, in the past that they just thought that the book that they got they just they didn't like it at all. It was you know, and and somehow, therefore, their participation was you know was overvalued, you know, or, or something, or some, you know. That's also, I also encourage people as, um, as you. Well, they're gonna. I think I don't know. I think it's, what you're doing is very egalitarian, and it's it's also a wonderful way to get poetry disseminated. I think that if people are going to complain, they should really just keep those complaints to themselves. I mean, I'm not saying they can't complain. I'm just saying that it's not to lie to. So, a pox on them. Anyway, thank you, Rick. It's definitely a pox on them. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. A pox on everyone. Well, just some people. Make a list of people you'd like to pox. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. All right, Rick, you have a good Sunday. I'm going to go back to listening to the rest of your, your broadcast here. Cool. Thanks for calling in, Marie. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. That was uh, Marie Lecrevan calling from uh, right here in Los Angeles. Good to hear her. She's a repeat caller. She also publishes Poetic Diversity. Uh, .net, which uh, is the uh, uh, subtitled the um, lit zine of Los Angeles. I'm going to post that uh, uh, in the um, in the chat room right now. Um, there's a lot of good poetry up there, interview reviews, other kinds of things like that. And she mentioned her her the anthology Alternate Lanes, which I also have poems in. Um, uh, uh, it's been a good couple of months for me in terms of getting poems in things which is basically an anthology of poetry about driving and and or about alternates alternatives to driving. I'm just learning what all the words are, so you'll forgive me if I don't use them all correctly. Uh, so you can check that out online. And that's the book that she chose to uh, uh, submit to the Great Poetry Exchange. It's not in the list yet because she just filled out the form today and it takes me a while to, to you know to get everything uh, uh, online. 
but um, so that's a cool thing that you can consider too. If you don't have your own book of poetry, you could theoretically um, maybe it's a book of poetry that you edited that you would like to uh, include, or just a book of an anthology that you're in, or something of that nature. Um, it's uh, basically as long as you have a single book of poetry that you're willing to send to someone else in the world, uh, then sign up, and you will in turn receive another book of poetry from somewhere else in the world. I hope you like it. I hope you like the one you get. I can't guarantee uh, that it'll be as big as the one that you send. Uh, it might be bigger. I can't guarantee that it won't be a stapled chap book versus the nice, perfectly bound book that you've sent off. Um, uh, I'm pretty, you know, pretty wide open to allowing people to participate uh, with any form of a physical uh, book, uh, just to, just to, just to make it happen. So if, if if you're the kind of person who might feel bad if you send out a nice, big, perfectly bound book, and then you get kind of a photocopy chat book back from someone else that uh, that isn't quite the same physical quality, uh, and that's going to bother you. Maybe you shouldn't participate. But, but I hope that that's not you and that you do anyway, uh, because. Again, the main thing is that someone else is going to get your poetry book and and read it. So there you go. All right, moving on, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the number to call in here to Poetry Superhighway Live. So, the block call. Anybody there? Just say hello if yeah. you're on. Maybe it's you. Is it you. Can you hear me? Oh, it's Michael from Birmingham. How are you? Michael from Birmingham. And we have a very bad connection. Other people have mentioned the Wobbly, and I don't know what's going to happen, but I'll, I'll read. Please do. Uh, perhaps earlier, did you give an update on Ephrasia Gone Wild? Maybe you did earlier and I missed it. I have not uh, given you... Go ahead. I have not given an update on that. No, you did not miss any information about that. Okay. Is there an update on you can offer at this time? Um, sure. Uh, basically... It'll give, a, it'll give you a chance to talk about it, too, for a moment. Um, yes. Yeah, so I there was a call for submissions, and it got no press. Um, uh, we got a call for submissions in the last quarter of 2012 for our upcoming anthology, which is poetry inspired by art. The deadline to submit was the end of the year. So the main update at this point is that submissions have closed. Um, I thought that we received a couple of hundred submissions and without a specific um, uh, timeline in mind in terms of when we're going to finish that and publish it. We want to Basically, go take as long as it takes to really do a good job of reading every submission as much as is necessary to make sure that, uh, you know, to, to be able to determine whether what was submitted can be included or not. Um, and once we get through all the submissions, um, we'll have a much better idea of when the book will come out. I can guarantee it will come out at some point this year. Um, I'm hoping the first half of the year, um, and I'm pretty sure I can accomplish that, but it's sort of a lot of submissions that have come in. And, I, and of course, there's more happening in life, uh, with me at any rate, um, that that prevents me from reading the submissions uh, as a full-time job. But uh, 
but it is it is happening slowly. We are getting through it. So if you're someone who's supposed to a crash to gone wild, hang tight. Okay. Well, I think it's a. Uh, I love the idea of. I love emphatic poetry, and um, this is an emphatic poem based upon the novel Weathering Heights. I selected it today because February is Valentine's Month. Bronte on the rocks. Strong wheel, winds, rains, moors, crags, definitive high rock opera before the art went high tech. Soul mates beyond the book. In creating Heathcliff, Emily's reincarnated herself. Are you still there? Did I lose you? You did not lose me. I was just listening to you read your poem. Okay. It was two, it's, it's a one poem of two Simcane stanzas. Uh, the first one, by the way, Bronte on the Rocks, is included in amaze-simcane.com, um, the current, I think it's uh, issue 17. So, uh, Michael, uh, thank you for reading that. Is there anything I can like share about what's going on uh, out there in Birmingham? Uh, uh, thank you for asking me if anything's going on in Birmingham or with the poetry scene. I think that's what you've asked when we got a real bad connection. I'm assuming that you're hearing me on the other end. So, to that question, uh, yeah, just Friday night, what I read now, I read Friday night at the BMA Speaks Birmingham Museum of Art, uh, uh, Birmingham Museum of Art. They have a three, four times a year are reading. And um, the theme this year was, this for this reading was the jug art, uh, you know, uh, face jugs. And Oran Kenyatta was there as the guest. Are you familiar with that name, with that poet? I'm not. Oran Kenyatta, uh, he was there. He was a special guest. And if I understand correctly, he did a workshop uh, that has to do with Dave the Potter. And I don't, I'm not really schooled up on it at this moment. I did not be mentioning that. But, uh, yeah, uh, basically that's what I'm involved with in the Birmingham scene is the three or four times a year they do the BMA Speaks. It's an effort to bring uh, spoken word art in conjunction with uh, the visual art. It's very uh, very much in line with, of course, the whole concept of acrostic poetry. Yeah, I love it, Francis. You know, it, it, maybe it can ultimately be said that every piece of art ultimately is an ekphrasis to a degree, uh, ekphrastic to a degree. Uh, I've heard it said that uh, every uh, poet in their portfolio is going to have at least one ekphrastic poetry. I don't not, I, I'm definitely in accord with that. Um, Molly Peacock has said that poetry is three arts in one, painting, that's your imagery. Narrative, that's your story. Storytelling, that's your narrative. And music, that's the rhythm and cadence. And Poe comes to mind, Edgar Allan Poe, Annabelle Lee, is definitely a very good example of, example of that. Yeah, his poetry has a, a, a musicality and, and that strong musicality. And so it's no surprise, and I'll close with this, uh, that Stevie Nicks, when she first read it, automatically heard a, a song in which she recorded in her uh, album last year. She finally put it down on the album last year in your dreams um very worth it's kind of like a, uh, an exercise or uh, in translation you know adapting it from one medium to another <clears throat> that's one way to look at that kind of that particular uh 
Sure. That's how that tastes. And, okay. Well, anyway, um, happy February to you, and um, look forward to possibly uh, listening next month and uh, maybe airing another poem. I, I hope you do. Uh, thank you for calling in, Michael. Great. You have a good week. Uh, Michael from Birmingham, Alabama, calling in to uh, to read an interesting poem and uh, remind me that I really need to uh, uh, get on the ball and and keep reading those submissions for Ecfrastia Gone Wild, which um, uh, which uh, closed the submissions a month ago. But uh, quite a lot came in. I am getting through it, uh, and I do hope that uh, I do hope to give a more extensive update uh, sooner rather than. Later, but it is quite a big project, and it is a, a busy, busy period of time here in the uh, academic year. But I do agree uh, uh, on uh, Michael's comments on ekphrastic poetry. In, in, in one sense, if you look at all of life as art, then certainly um, all of our poetry is ekphrastic poetry. All of our conversations, all of our interactions with other people, perhaps, are ekphrastic in one way or another. Okay, just uh, just over ten minutes left in the show. I'm sure we can get a couple more callers uh, in. I've got a couple of people on the line. Uh, hopefully, we can get to both of you. Um, I apologize. I, I guess um, I guess the connection on this end isn't so great, and uh, uh, could be an internet bandwidth itch issue. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, if you're having trouble hearing me, um, I apologize. Uh, and uh, and uh, hopefully, uh, uh, at least every fifth word you're finding interesting, uh, uh, the ones that you're able to hear. Uh, the number to call in six four six. Seven one six seven three six two. Moving on to uh, Don from Sonoma. Hi, Don. Hi, hi. Can you hear me, sir? I certainly can. Okay, then the poem I'm going to do is "Why I Make an Ass Out of Myself," <laughs> and this is for Shaina. And if I remove my athlete's hoof from my mouth, will I bray? <laughs> oh, just for myself. Or will I remember in awe some of the people who have helped me softly correct my social missteps onto property, private but unsigned, yet understood to be above mention, let alone correction? Or have I misspelled soul so wrong and now must pay the labor it costs to erase graffiti me with a nod of the head or as easily as she shakes out her mane while I become lost in the blonde fog of her hair. I am a Mashuganagoyim in the final solution. <laughs> Something stirs up my thoughts while adding the spice of aged pollution to this recipe. What animal can I now become a telephone pole-seeking dog with peppered bark, a cat astrophe which meows, a devil of a snake who serpentines hisses, love and kisses, love and kisses. I am not as well as Robert Lowell, locked up in cruel rooms which taunt the sanest of the sane with madness. I can neither see the, hell, the bell which tolls, nor the heels of the white shoes 
which yield squeals down the passages between the beds. Is the fellow in 207 alive or dead? His racism reeks of white fatigue, and I am so tired. I am tired of the trees outside having strange fruit. I am simply not hungry, and their more than ripeness does not induce me either to choose to eat or chew. If I could only throw up my life right now and shed the handcuffs which the thought police have slipped on what I can grasp, I would gladly be born again as the ass upon which Jesus rode during his last trip to Jerusalem. End text. Done. Great. Very enjoyable. Uh, well read, as always. I love the fact that you you reminded us how Yiddish has become kind of a new national language for everyone of every religion. Uh, um, I loved your, your donkey sound as well at the beginning. Very well done. Thank you. The appreciation is appreciated. Now let's get on to the next caller, okay? Uh, do you, well, before I let you go, uh, do, yes, is there sir. anything uh, going on in Sonoma that you wanted, or, or environs that you wanted to share with us? Environs. Two open microphones, uh, five minutes apiece. One this coming Saturday at Reader's Books in Sonoma from 5 until 7. The next one on the 4th Saturday in Santa Rosa at Soco Coffee House between 2 and 5. Come on in. Cool. I hope to get up there myself someday uh, uh, to be amongst the trees and to uh, be exposed to uh, to uh, the Northern California poetry um, of Sonoma, California. Um, I appreciate that you called in, as always. Um, thanks so much, and uh, good to hear your voice. Appreciated. Bye-bye. Hi. It was Don from Sonoma, California. Uh, the number to call in, 646-716-7362. Um, ooh, just had it. my uh, last caller uh, disappeared. So, all righty. Well, if that was you, call back, and we'll try to get you on. Odds are, if, you, if you're kind of wavering on the edge, that if you call right this second, you'll immediately get on the air. You know, you always wonder, is someone going to be home when you call? God, if you call, I will answer right now. Read a poem. 646-716-7362. All right. Well, in the meantime, okay. There, it's it's uh, no more in the. Oh no, they're gone. Well, they must be calling on a cell phone and it's disconnecting or something. Uh, someday, I hope to uh, build the multi-million-dollar poetry superhighway broadcast studio, where these uh, technical things won't really be an issue because uh, it'll all be, uh, you know, solid gold. Uh, uh, Connections, et cetera. Um, all right. Uh, do I have a new caller on the air from, uh, let's see, a block number? Is anyone there? 
Anybody there? Blocked caller? No. You are not there. Don't try to fool me. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're just about done I'm here, so I want to thank everyone who did call in. I want to thank Robbie for opening up the show from Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. He posted a bunch of links in uh, in uh, in the chat room, which you can check out to various things that he is involved in, including a disclaimer that one of them has, uh, you know, not suitable for work material, which, of course, would be the first one that I would go to. So, uh, so check that out. Um, I want to thank uh, Joey Alcas from Altadena, California, from calling in and uh, for bringing to our attention uh, the, uh, the the anthology, the new anthology, anthology just came out this week, Men in the Company of Women, published by Edgar and Lenore's Publishing House. Again, if you go to PoetrySuperhighway.com, uh, you'll see me reading the, the, a couple of the poems that I have in that book, as well as a link to the uh, anthology on on Amazon. Really, I can't emphasize enough what a stellar roster of people are in this anthology. Uh, well worth your uh, attention to check out that book. Uh, so thanks again, Joey, for uh, for checking that out. Check out Joey anyway. He's, he fronts a kind of a poetry band called DJ Monkey, and they've supported uh, Poetry Superhighway in a number of different ways, and contest sponsors and donating CDs and that kind of thing. And It's fun stuff. I've actually played... Uh, uh, um, one of his tracks uh, here on Poetry Superhighway Live uh, in the past uh, in our spoken word uh, uh, track segment. Uh, so if you're interested in um, in that, by the way, at the half hour mark of the show, um, if I have a new spoken word track submitted from someone, I will uh, put it on the air if it's appropriate. It's something that's that's more of a performance piece or something that is is different from you just doing a street reading of the poem because that's something you can just call in and do. But something that's mixed with music, something that that would be unique um, uh, beyond just the street. Uh, send it to me at the rick at poetrysuperhighway.com and I'd be more than thrilled to uh, consider playing it here on Poetry Superhighway Live at that uh, half hour mark. Um, I'd also like to thank uh, Marie LeCrevent for calling in uh, and uh, reading her new poem. Uh, she again runs PoeticDiversity.net. Uh, check out that, uh, that uh, online publication at out. Uh, also check uh, Michael. Not check. Uh, thank you too, Michael from Birmingham, Alabama, for call, calling. And he's a regular caller. Calls in uh, almost every month. Uh, really great to uh, to uh, to have people who uh, who uh, who do that. Which reminds me, what happened to David Nevis from uh, New Jersey? He used to call in every every single month and then then disappeared. I hope he's okay, David. If you're listening, we miss you. Call in again. Not enough New Jersey representation here on Poetry for Highway Live. And uh, finally, uh, thanks to Don from Sonoma, California, who closed out uh, the uh, the uh, show with his uh, his epic poem, uh, which featured uh, animal references, sound effects, and uh, a smattering of Yiddish. All right, well, uh, our next show will be Sunday, March 10th at uh, 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. Do call in. Uh, do plan on calling in and reading. I've got it on my calendar right now. Um, and I'd love to, uh, for you to have the chance to, uh, to to share your piece on the air as well. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, my name is Rick Lubert. I'm the uh, MC of this show. So glad to, so glad to have you here. 